Hello and welcome to the media outreach of Faith Alive Ministries. For over 30 years, Faith Alive Ministries has continued to answer the call to teach God's people how to live in this world. This charismatic teaching ministry has current bases of operation in both Oklahoma and Arizona. We are honored to share the gospel in the northeastern Oklahoma prison system, as well as in church gatherings and evangelistic outreaches around the country. We believe the message you're about to hear will inspire and encourage you and empower you to live the abundant life God has for you. Join with us now as we receive from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. All right, this afternoon we looked at the authority and the integrity of the Word of God, and I said tonight we were going to follow up on that. Tonight I want to talk about God's words becoming our words. This is called, the subtitle would be Speaking Words of Faith, because you are in your life, the place you are in your life is a direct result of the words that you've spoken and the actions that you've taken. Your words become your actions. The things that you say you're going to do, you wind up doing. Somebody who says, well, I've got such bad luck, I always, I always damage my cars, I can't have a nice car. Their, their cars are going to break down <laughs> or they'll hit an animal or something. Or you can, you can say, I have blessed cars. My vehicles are blessed by the Lord. My steps are ordered by the Lord. And you get what you say. The old saying, I'm old enough to remember. And many of you who have played with computers for any length of time are old enough to remember back in the 70s and early 80s where if you did if you were doing word processing and you typed out something you just had plain text on a screen you didn't know what the format was going to look like until you printed it out i remember when the first what you see is what you get word processors were created well in the in the kingdom of god what you say is what you're going to get Let's look first off at Jesus. Let's look at what the book of Hebrews says about Jesus. Dad pointed this out to me, and I said, yes, that fits exactly what we're talking about tonight. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Before we start tonight, I do want to pray over this, because we have to have the Spirit of God speaking to us, or else it's worthless. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your Spirit is here to teach us your word. You are the teacher. So as I speak tonight... Let it not be my words, but let it be your words. Even as you said, Lord Jesus, you said, I only say what I hear my father say, and I only do what I see my father do. So let it be tonight that what I say is what I hear you say. And let the people hear not my words, but your words. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Book of Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. That's talking about the Old Testament. He spoke to Moses, and Moses would give his word to the people. He would speak to Isaiah and Jeremiah. The prophets would say, and the word of, Lo the, word of the Lord came to me saying, and they would, prepare, they would pass that word along to the people. So in the past, in the Old Testament, he spoke through the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So Jesus was 
and is, because he is the Son of God, because he is God, and because he is the Word made flesh, he was the was and is the ultimate revelation of the Father. He has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who, that's talking about Jesus, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, I've, I've read this verse a number of times, and I read it as it's written, that he upholds all things by the word of his power. But I assumed that was talking about the Father's word. But no, this says that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Now, Jesus being our example, he said in John 14, 14, excuse me, John 14, verse 10, rather, says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So the words that Jesus spoke were the words that he heard his Father speak. But when God's words became his words, because when Jesus was walking this earth, yes, he was and is God. He will never cease to be God. But when he was walking this earth, the actions that he took, he took as a Holy Spirit-empowered man. So the things that Jesus Christ did when he walked this planet are available for us to do if we will walk as Holy Spirit-empowered believers and will follow the kingdom pattern. We'll do what we see the Father do. We'll speak what we hear the Father speak. Everything that Jesus did throughout his ministry he did through words. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He calmed the sea. He multiplied the loaves through words. The multiplication of the loaves and bread, the loaves and fishes. It happened in the hands of the disciples. But the power that empowered it happened. The word says Jesus blessed and broke the bread. That was him speaking the Father's blessing over that bread. And then he broke it and he passed it to the disciples. And they kept breaking it and passing it to people. I, I'm always, that's, of all the miracles that Jesus did, I, I, I love the raising the dead, I love the healing the sick, but this one always, this one always gets to me, because one minister pointed this out. I, you, you know, a lot of times you think five loaves and two fish. No, it's not going to feed 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 people, but you think, yeah, that's a fair amount of food. But the Greek words there, the five loaves and two fish, we're talking about crackers and sardines. This is a kid's snack pack. This is barely a young child's lunch, much less an adult's lunch, much less anything else. And Jesus took it, took what the, what the boy gave, and blessed it and broke it. And through his words, he did, he did what the Father told him to do. He said what the Father told him to say, and his, God's words became his words. So in the same way, we need God's words to become our words. Now this afternoon, as I said, we looked at the authority and the integrity of the Word of God. Our success in life will come as we follow the kingdom pattern, the kingdom principle. We need to let God's words become our words. Now, I want to look at some of those words that, that the Apostle Paul said about us, said about, said about people that he was praying for. This was his prayer for the saints in Ephesians. I'm going to run, I am going to run two passages together 
that are not together in scripture, but I am not, I'm not twisting this. We'll, we'll do it. We'll read it. And then I'll show you how it works. I, I will start in Ephesians chapter two, verse four, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. You are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, let's look at where Jesus is sitting. Back up to verse 21 of chapter 1. Thank you. Thank you. Far above all principalities and powers and mights and dominions and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, that's under Jesus' feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So that's words that are spoken about us. We have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. So when the attack of the enemy comes, and he knows he's defeated, but that doesn't stop him from attacking. Oh, thank you. But when, when that attack of the enemy comes, we can say, no, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm far above all principalities and powers and mights and dominions and every name that is named. All things have been put under my feet because I'm part of his body. He is my head. Every word, I mentioned this this afternoon, every word that God has spoken is available to us and for us. There's a, there's a great promise that the Lord speaks. He spoke it to, and originally to the Israelite children in exile in Babylon. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And it's, it's a great promise. And I've, I've heard so many people recently try to take it away from us because they say, well, that was for them. That was for Israelite children in exile. You're not one of them, so that word doesn't apply to you. It wouldn't be in here if he didn't want us to have it too. Every, you know, there's, there's the old song that we used to sing. I remember singing it in church in the 80s. Every promise in the book is mine. <laughs> that, yes, it was written to a specific audience. But the same way that Jesus says in John 17, he's praying for his disciples. And he says, I'm not just praying for these, but I'm praying for everyone who's going to come to me through the words that they speak. Well, that's all of us, directly or indirectly. We came through the words that those disciples spoke because we came, we came to Jesus through his word or through somebody preaching his word. As I started out by saying, if you're not where you want to be in life, it's a result of the thoughts that you've been thinking and the words that you've been speaking. Now, I do not say that to be condemning to anybody Oh no, I've been saying the wrong things. I'm 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 so I'm so bad and so wrong. <laughs> this is simple. If you're not doing the right thing, start doing the right thing. <laughs> it, this is it, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to condemn you. Jesus said, "I have not come." John 3:17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. 
So it's, it's that simple. So I, I can look at my situation. I say, Lord, this situation isn't what I want to see in my life. So I need to be speaking something different. I need to be doing what you said. I need to hear your word. I need, and you may go to God and you say, okay, God, what, what is your will on this situation? And like I mentioned this afternoon, when you do that, the spirit of God is going to point you back to the word and say, here it is. Here's my will. Here's what you're supposed to be doing. Walk in this. We've learned over the course of this conference, we've, we've talked about this several times before, but we've learned through, through the ministry in this conference that we're one with Christ, that we are at home in him. So if we see a lack in our life, it's the result of our words. It's not because God didn't want us to have it. Somebody, the, the enemy comes and he takes away something that you had. A little bit over four years ago, it was just before our conference here in 2012, about four years ago now, a situation occurred in our life that we had a fire and we lost our home and everything that was in our home except, except us and the cat. Oh, and we, we grabbed the cat, threw her, threw her in the van, and we moved, and that was, that was it. We got out with that. Everything else on that property went up in smoke. But I didn't look and say, well, God must not have wanted me to have that. I looked at it and said, you know, the enemy, the word, the word says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified says that they might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. So I know that that's God's will for my life. So I know that what happened to me there wasn't God's will. So I refused to get... Yes, I was I was hurt. It there there was a period in there the first few days that we just wow, what do we do next? There there's always some of that, but when you turn to God in those situations, you start seeing what do we do next? And every every step of the way, you know, we have a we have a nicer place to live in now than we did. And We've been blessed. The, the Spirit of God has led us. So now, as I said, what we, what we need to have happen in our lives is that God's Word needs to become our Word. So I want to take a look at some things that we can say over our lives. Not Again, this is, this is not a formula. This is not a do this step, do this step, do this step. But just do what Jesus said. Jesus said, again, I don't speak of myself. I speak what the Father speaks. I don't do anything of myself. And then he looks at his disciples. His disciples, and he says, without me, you can do nothing. Jesus looked at his disciples, and he said to them, I can of mine own self do nothing, but my Father in me, he doeth the work. If Jesus, the Son of God, said, I can of my own self do nothing, how do we think? <laughs> how do we think that we can do anything on our own? I can of my own self do nothing. Brian Houston from Hillsong Church said it this way. 
says, without him, we can do nothing. And most of us are pretty good at it. But with God, nothing is impossible. And that means two things. Number one, it means that with him, anything that I set out to do, if I'm doing what he told me to do, is possible. Anything that I set out to do that he told me to do will get done. But it also means that if I'm walking with him, if I am in him and he's in me, look at look at what Jesus said, his prayer for his disciples and for us over in the high priestly prayer in John 17. If I'm in him and he's in me, the Father is in us and we're all one. Then, the, 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 then that second part, pardon me, that second part means that it is impossible for us to do nothing. Believers do. My, my former pastor said this repeatedly. He said, believers do. If, you're a, if you are a follower of Jesus, if Jesus is in you and you're in him, something's going to get done. Now, as I said, I want us to look at some things that we can, we can speak over our lives, some confessions that we can make over our lives, because we want God's words to become our words. Before I do that, I do want to mention this. To be afraid to act or to confess the word before you see the manifestation. A lot of people don't want to say that they're healed until they see their healing. If you do that, it's because you doubt the word of God in your life. But if you trust the word of God, we looked at that this afternoon. The word of God is trustworthy. You can put absolute 100% confidence in it. So you can say it even before you see it. We talked about that this morning, this afternoon when we were, when uh, Jody was speaking, we were looking about, looking at Jehoshaphat. They, he said things that weren't what he saw. He says, we don't know what to do. I love this. This is one, that's one of my favorite scriptures. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do next, focus on Jesus. Don't focus on the problem. Rick talked about this the other night, the fiery serpents. He didn't say, look for it, avoid the serpents. He said, when the serpent bites, look at the, look at the serpent on the pole and live. Look at the solution. All right, let's look at some things that we can say over our lives. We already confessed this. Go over to Philippians chapter 2 with me. We confessed this during during praise and worship tonight. Philippians chapter 2. Now let's look at what Philippians chapter 2 has to say about Jesus. Verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here's the first thing that we can confess over our lives, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over all. I'm part of his kingdom. Because Jesus is Lord of all, he is Lord over every situation in my life. We confess Jesus. We confess his word. We speak his words. We confess his name. We have been given authority in the name of Jesus. And we, when the enemy does attack, 
because the enemy is going to continue to attack. We're, we're not under the attack because we're living in grace. We are in the kingdom now. But the attack still comes. All we have to do is stand in the name of Jesus. We resist the devil and he will flee from us. We're submitted to God. That's, that's important. The first part of that verse says submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. We're submitted to God. If you're not submitted to God, change it. Submit. <laughs> Don't try to do this on your own. But then resist the devil. Speak the word of God. So that's our first confession, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Lord of my life. He is the Lord over, over every situation. Praise God. Next, let's go to 1 Peter. First Peter, chapter five. And I was just going to jump down to verse seven, but let's let's start in verse five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. We know what humility is. It's to th- it's to take another's thought of yourself over your own. To submit to God, to be humble before God, means I don't care what I think about me. I care what you think about me. And though I may see, I may see the junk that I did yesterday. I may see the, the fact that I blew up at somebody at the airport. I didn't. But, you know, I, we've, we've seen it happen. Rick was talking about an instance of that the other night. That that doesn't matter because if I've repented of it, it's under the blood. He sees me as blameless and righteous in him. So for me to be clothed in humility means I'm taking his thought about me over my own thought. But God resists the proud. Be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse seven, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. So our first confession was this. Our first confession was that Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is the Lord of my life. But confession number two is this. I don't have a care. One one minister put it this way. He says, I just can't tell you how much I don't care. <laughs> that I don't have to worry about this. When the, te- when the trials and the tests of life come, we've mentioned this v- verse before. It's another one of my favorites. John 16, 33. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. That word tribulation means pressure. In this world, the enemy and the world are going to put the squeeze on you. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Amplified there says, I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. So I don't have a care because Jesus has deprived the world of its power to harm me. Every attack of the enemy that comes against me, Jesus has deprived that attack of its power to harm me. Number three, 
Psalm 23. Uh, You guys know Psalm 23. We could do this without turning there, but put your eyes on it. Another minister once once said this. He was he was in a situation where he was under a physical attack, a attack in his health. And he he just started you know, quoting quoting scriptures and so on. And he was he was quoting them accurately. It wasn't that he was getting them wrong. And it was it was like it was working some, but not he wasn't getting the results that he wanted to see. So he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord reminded him of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs says, over, I believe it's in chapter 3, he says, to keep these things in front of your eyes. Let them not depart from your eyes and from your ears. And so he said, okay. And he, began, he opened the word back up and began to put his eyes on them and read it. And it, even though he, it was the same information, just the act of doing what the word said, <laughs> of making God's words and God's actions his words and actions. Psalm 23. I'm on Psalm 22. That's good too, but it's not what we need. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Not I shall not need, but I shall not want. It means that not only my needs are supplied. Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not only my needs are supplied. Bless you. The blessing of the Lord is on you. Not only my needs are supplied, but my wants are supplied. If there are things I have desires, uh, desires for. Another psalm says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's, it is not a sin to want to have nice things. I look and I say, you know, I was, I was driving, we were driving down the road one day, and I, I saw a vehicle, and I said, hey, that's a nice vehicle. That would be... Something like that would be perfect for what we need. It's, it's not a covetous thing for me to say, hey, that, that's nice. I like that. And if that's what I want, the Lord will provide it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So my third confession is this, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not want. So because he is my Lord, put those three together. Because he is my Lord. I don't have a care. He is my caretaker. We, we were talking about the, earlier this week, and if those of you who were not here for the day sessions, get the CDs. Do, I, I don't say that because I make any money on them, <laughs> but get the CDs. They will bless your life. All you have to do is talk to dad or me, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you the CDs. But get those. But we, we were talking about this earlier, about that garden of our soul, that the Holy Spirit, our estate manager, <laughs> I love that. That's good, st- that's good stuff. I like that. That he is the one, he teaches us how to care for our soul. And he's, he's like, okay, here's what you need to do. So because the Lord is my, because he is Lord of all, he is the Lord of my life. What do you call some? Go back to those mansions and those manors. What do they call the guy who owns that? He's the Lord of the manor. Yeah. Jesus is our Lord. He's the Lord. 
the mansion that he gave me, the mansion that I'm living in, he's the Lord of it. Because he is Lord of all, I don't have a care. I don't have to worry about anything. He is my caretaker. He is my shepherd. Everything that I have need of, everything that I want, is provided. About to go through this one too. Hallelujah. Number four. And this one is important, especially with some of what we've been going through. Not me, but several others over the last few days. Go over to the book of Isaiah. Some of you already know where we're going. Psalm, excuse me, Isaiah 53. I flipped past it and got over into Isaiah 57. That's good stuff too. (laughs) Isaiah 53. Well, I was going to start with three. Well, let's go back up to verse one. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. When we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is saying that when Jesus was walking the earth, it wasn't... It wasn't a physical characteristic of attractiveness. You know, some, some people are just good-looking, and they're charismatic, and so you, you want to follow them because they, they look good, they sound good. That wasn't, that wasn't what Jesus did, but he was empowered by the word of the Father. So it didn't have anything to do with the way he looked. He was despised. He was rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely, he assuredly, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The margin of my Bible says he's carried our pains, he's carried our toils. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So because of that, we can confess this over our lives. That every sin, every sickness, every disease, every sorrow and every grief was laid on Jesus. And because it was laid on Jesus, I can be free from them. Because he bore my griefs because he carried my sorrows because he bore my pains and my toils because he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities the chastisement that brought me peace that shalom peace that perfect peace with god meaning i love this and we we don't have time to get into this but you you read over in in paul's writings and he talks about when jesus when jesus nailed when that handwriting of the ordinance that was against us was nailed to the cross and he says that the middle wall of partition 
It's symbolized in the it's symbolized in the New Testament when we see the veil in the temple and it says it was ripped from top to bottom. I love that picture when it you get to the point that God the Father Almighty says, "I've had enough. I can't be separated from my people any longer. Get this curtain out of my way. I'm not going to be stuck in this box any longer. I will be with my people. My people will be with me." <laughs> and that's the covenant we live under. <laughs> You, you can you can look at the Old Testament and you can see the Old Covenant was beautiful. Don't don't get me wrong. Don't ever think that we're against the Old Covenant. It's beautiful, but it's all a type. It's all a shadow. It all points to Jesus. It all points to the New Covenant established on better promises. And that's where we are. That every sin, every sickness, every disease, every sorrow, every grief was laid upon Jesus. So because all that was laid on him, I am free from them. I am free from the law of sin and death because he took my sins. I am free from the sickness because he bore my pains and he carried my sorrows. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. First Corinthians. This is number five. First Corinthians chapter one. And I know this happens to all of us. It has happened to me on more than one occasion. If you're, if you're at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, put a finger there, hold that. To set this up, we need to go over to the book of James. James chapter 1. In verse 5, James says, If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So, all of us have come to a point in our life when, when we'll say, and we may have the first four of these down pat. We may say, okay, Jesus, I, I acknowledge, I confess that you're my Lord because you are my Lord. You have taken my care. I don't have any care. Because you are my Lord, you are my great shepherd. I don't have, I don't have any cares or worries because you've supplied my wants. And, and we know all this, but we may get to a point, Lord, I am in a situation that I don't know what to do. I know we've all been there. You, you come to a point in your life and you just look at it and you say, God, I don't know what to do. It may be a financial thing. You look at, on one hand, you've got this amount of money. And on the other hand, you've got this amount of bills. And you're saying, Lord, I got more bills here than I got money. Now, I know your word says you provided for me, so I'm not worried. I, I have no doubt about that. But I need to know what to do. <coughs> You know, maybe maybe it's a vehicle thing. We were, we were talking to Jody this afternoon. I was talking to Jody this afternoon about this because both of the vehicles that that we have are very high mileage. The uh, the LHS that we're currently driving has three hundred and two thousand miles on it, and it is still going. It is a blessed vehicle. The hand of the Lord is on it, and it's going to keep going until it's time for it to be replaced. 
But we began to look at it because we had some we had some issues with it. And we said, Lord, what do we do? And when we lack wisdom, James says for us to ask for wisdom from God. Because I know that God's words need to become my words. Because I know that I need to speak words of faith. So, Lord, I need to know what your word for this situation is. So now go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 30, he says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So our fifth confession is this, that Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. When I don't know what to do next, when I need wisdom from God, Jesus has been made my wisdom. And he and I are one, so the wisdom that I need is in me. It, it was brought out so clearly to me, and I had not seen it. Our spirit already knows. But it's, it's thank you, it's just getting that, it's getting the information from the spirit to to the soul. And that's where, Jesus, you are my wisdom. When I don't know what to do. What, what time I am afraid, the psalmist says, I will trust in you. When I don't know what to do. The, it's not an old song. 70s maybe? I don't remember precisely. Where do I go? Where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I talk to when no one wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know he's able. <laughs> I go to the rock. So when I don't know what to do, when I, when I find myself lacking wisdom, yes, Lord, I, yes, Lord, I ask for your wisdom because your word tells me to ask for it. But I also know that you've been made unto me wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So I receive from you that wisdom, that knowledge that I need from heaven. It's, it's in my spirit because you're in my spirit. So everything I need is in here. But I thank you that your word tells me that your Holy Spirit is going to take of yours and speak it to me. So he's going to reveal to me the things that I need to know. So let's, let's recap this. These are things that we can confess over our lives so that God's words will become our words over our life. Number one, confess the absolute and ultimate authority and lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord of my life. We, we confessed it. This is something I love about watching Brother Copeland on TV. When we, we, it's, it's a Mary Hugh family tradition to watch the broadcast every day, and it ends, and we all, we all yell it out. So this is, it's, it's, it's weird because sometimes I watch at work on my lunch break, and so I'm here in the middle of the call center, and I wrap up the episode, and it, ends, and it says, and remember that Jesus is Lord. And, I, and I'm ready to yell this thing in the middle of a call center. 
<laughs> it doesn't work out real well. But that's our first thing, that Jesus is Lord of all. He is Lord over Satan. He is Lord over every situation in our lives. As we confess him, his word, his name, and as we resist the enemy in Jesus' name. Number two, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, I don't have a care, casting every care on him because he does care for me. Number three, Psalm 23 tells me, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Number four, Isaiah 53, three through five tells me that every sin, every sickness, every disease, every sorrow and every grief was laid on Jesus so that I could be free from them. And lastly, number five, that when I find myself lacking wisdom, that yes, according to James, I can ask wisdom from God and receive it. He'll give it liberally. He won't scold me for asking. But even as I ask, I know that the reason I can receive that wisdom is because 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells me that Jesus has been made unto me wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So, whatever situation you find yourself facing, when, when the enemy attacks you in your body, when the enemy attacks you in your finances... I don't have to worry about that. I, I have the word of God. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to speak the the lack. I'm not to, I'm again going back to that financial thing. I see on one hand that I have looking just at what I can see in the natural. I see I've got eight hundred dollars coming in and fifteen hundred dollars worth of bills. Just, just throwing numbers out there. I'm not, just, not I'm not saying that's true, but I, I could see that. But I know that my God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know that He is my shepherd; I shall not want. I know that I have cast every care on Him, for He cares for me. So that situation is taken care of. He is the caretaker. He took care of that situation. Or I look at my, I look at my body. I see an attack in my body. I see something that is not the way God designed it to be. Those of you who know anything about um, about machines, if you know how to read a blueprint or a plan for a building, you know you may look at you may look at a machine and you look at the manufacturer's specs and you say well, this is what it's supposed to be doing. And you look at your machine. This is not what the manufacturer specs say this is supposed to be doing. Something's wrong here. Well, if I, if I see a discrepancy between this machine and what the manufacturer's handbook, um, Harold Hill used to call it the, uh, call it the manufacturer's handbook. If you look at the handbook <laughs> and if, if you see something different, between your life and what the book says, then you take your you take your life to the one that promised to take care of it, and Jesus is going to put that thing back in line with what the word says about your life. Praise God. So 
whatever situation you find yourself in. Some of you may may remember the old Reading Rainbow broadcast that uh, LeVar Burton would be going along and he'd be talking about something and then he'd say, but don't take my word for it. And he'd go to somebody else. Don't take your own thought. Don't take your own word for it. Let God's words become your words and you'll see a change in your life. And when I come back next time, you know, we, we all talk about next year, next, next time I come back, whenever that is, we'll see things that are different in your life because you made God's words, your words. When I come back, I want to see us with no parking available because everybody's got a vehicle full of people in this parking lot. Amen. I'm not, that's not a prophetic, thus saith the Lord, but we can have it. It's the word of God. It's his will for us to prosper. <laughs> it's his will for the body to, to grow. Look at the book of Acts where he talks about he added daily those that, those that were being saved. We can have that here. I'm not talking about growth from other churches, other you know, disgruntled people. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to go over there anymore. I'm going to come over here. Because if they come over here because they're disgruntled with the other guy, then they'll go somewhere else because they got disgruntled with us. <laughs> I, we've seen it happen. <laughs> but don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Don't take your own word for it. Let God's words become your words. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I don't think Dad expected me to be done that quick. Did I fail in my teaching? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Part of part of that is part of that is from what we do. Um, those of you uh, those of you who know, Melanie and I do prison ministry, and in those prison services, we have to be in at a certain time. We have to be out at a certain time. So the Holy Spirit gives me the amount I need for the time I have. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Okay, if I can have everybody's attention for just a moment. We prayed for those that indicated they wanted to be prayed for. Some of you didn't indicate you wanted to be prayed for, but... Uh, you know your reasons. But I want you to understand something. I want us to do something before we dismiss. Where do you carry your burden? I mean, if it's a financial burden, sometimes you're, you're going to a TOUA to pay the bill and you just don't have the money. Where do you carry that bill? In your purse, your pocket? Okay, I, I'm going for something symbolic here, but I want you to understand something. 
Maybe it's a health where, you know, what gets heavy? All those medicines you have to take? What are you carrying? I want you to picture yourself in the mind with, with this. Whatever it is, wherever it is, if you carry it in your pocket, if you carry it in your purse, if you carry it, if you're a lady and you carry it in your purse and your purse is with you within reach, I want you to grab your purse. And I want you to reach in it. And I want you to, in your mind, pull out that weight. If you're a guy and you carry it in your pocket, see, I always stick my bills right up here in this pocket when I go to pay them. I either stick them here or in the hip pocket. And so I'll be doing this with you too. Because, see, we prayed. We prayed. We prayed for these things. And the scripture tells us, the Apostle Peter writes, Humble yourself under the hand of the Lord, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. And before we close, as we prayed for you tonight, I want you to take that burden, that weight, that, that tribulation that has held you back and held you down. And in your mind, I want you to act this out for me, please. I want you to reach for it. And in your mind, you grab it. And you hold it up to the Lord. Whatever it is. I mean, you don't have to hold anything physically you you know if it's you may not have a bill with you you may not have a doctor's report with you but whatever it is you hold it up to the lord and say this with me here jesus this is my burden you said come unto you and give you all of my heavy burdens here jesus take it now throw it throw it I won't carry that again next time I think of that I'm going to do it with a smile on my face and a, and a, 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 a spring in my step the joy of the Lord is my strength and I am an overcomer in Christ Jesus some of you look at me and say oh, pastor that's silly no it's not it's acting out something that God said to do. Before 24 hours has passed, Satan will try to put that back on you. And you may feel tears in your eyes. And you may feel a heaviness in your heart. But you look at it and say, no, no, that's not mine anymore. That doesn't belong to me. I can't take it. I gave it away. Doesn't belong to me. I gave it to Jesus. My family situation doesn't belong to me anymore because I gave my family. I gave the situation to Jesus. I received my family restored. I received my children serving God. I received the finances to pay the bills. I received my healing because the sickness doesn't belong to me anymore. I cast it on the Lord. You may have to do that more than once. You may have to remind yourself of what you've done. But that's why I wanted you to mark your thinking by acting it out. Some people just sit there and they won't do it. God will let you carry those things. 
God will let you carry it. He doesn't want you to. He He's willing to take them. But you got to give them to him. you got to hand them to him. And if you can discipline yourself to do it in the natural, you've already begun to do it in the spirit. But if you just sit there, that's silly. I'm not going to do that. I just, yeah. We'll pray for you. But just like Josh said, he read this afternoon from the 119th Psalm. says, how's it say? I... The, the hurt when I see them not, it grieves me, right? It disgusts me. Why? Because I know what you can have. I hear your words and I know what you can have. And yet you say, I can't. Give them to Jesus. And you see them the way Jesus sees them. He sees every bill paid. He sees every, every illness healed. He sees every family restored. He sees every child serving him. It's a discipline, folks. That's part of your renewing of your mind. But it is, it's real. It's real. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Praise God. Well, this ends another Streams in the Desert. Streams in the Desert 2016 is now, except for maybe three to five minutes, is now history. I hope you take something home from this. There are CDs. There will be CDs available. I'm not sure how far he is on the editing. He's got today's to edit. Um, He said he'll have it done tonight, so he'll be with us in the morning. I won't guarantee I'll get them all, all burned before in the morning. Joyce is waving at you back there. Ryder, put her on the list. See, that's all you have to do. You got, you got Melanie can help us. <laughs> Praise God. We love you. We're glad you came. We appreciate everybody that's been here. And we want you, we want you to live for God. We want you to experience God's will on this earth. Now, um, I don't know what all we got inside. I think there's still a bunch of stuff. And we did say we'd have refreshments afterwards, you know. I'm probably going to head for the pie or cookies or something like that. There's cake. I'll probably get another piece of cake. That was pretty good stuff yesterday. All right. Let's go, let's, let's go and enjoy that. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for watching over us and keeping us, and I thank you for your word. 
We appreciate the time you've given us. We appreciate you taking care of us. And I know that each person here will go with you, that you will never leave them nor forsake them. You'll watch over them. And as long as they'll receive it, they'll be safe in your loving arms. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes our message. This message is copyrighted by Faith Alive Ministries and may not be reproduced for commercial or resale purposes. Duplication by individuals for the purpose of sharing the gospel is permitted. However, this copyright notice must accompany all copies made. For additional information and teaching resources, please write to Faith Alive Ministries, P.O. Box 321, Prior, Oklahoma, 74362. Or you may visit our website at www.faithalivefellowship.net. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.